If anyone should ask, you're listening to Federal Andy. Hello, friends. It's Saturday, September the 9th. I have been missing in action again. I've been very busy. The last podcast, I guess, was August 29th, so it's been a little over a week. My apologies again for that. I anticipated that there might be some issues with with Labor Day. My birthday was also during this period of time. I spent the day cleaning house. <laughs> That's okay. It's what I wanted to do. I've always kind of felt like birthdays are days that we really need to be celebrating the mom because after all, they're the ones that did all the work, right? So yeah. Anyway, I stopped counting the years a long time ago. So that uh, doesn't factor in much in my opinion anymore. And I've been still dealing with uh, things around the house, trying to get a few things done that I need to do. Uh, one of the big things I needed to do was actually fl- clean our, um, we have terrazzo marble floors. And because of the hot, steamy weather that we have had the last uh, month plus, it seems like, I haven't wanted to get out the steam mop and add more steam to the house. So I've been vacuuming and kind of damp mopping and stuff, but uh, it needed to really everything needed to be done. And that's, a. we have a fairly good sized house and about 45 to 50% of the floors in the house are terrazzo marble. And it takes a while to, to do that. When you move furniture, you know, you have to vacuum first and, and, uh, everything. And then you've got to figure out where you can steam clean and still be able to walk through areas. It's, Anyway, it's a little contorted, but uh, it takes a while, and that uh, took the better part of a day for me. And these little projects, you know, next thing you know, the day's gone. It's just evaporated. I was up until uh, 1.30 this morning doing laundry and cleaning the cat's water fountain because I just haven't had time to do these things. And the water fountain for the cats takes an hour to clean, literally. You're supposed to clean it, according to the instructions, once a week. Well, trying to find an hour every single week religiously to do something is, (laughs) it's uh, difficult at best. And this thing, there's a bunch of little parts that you've got to, you've got to take them take everything apart, dump the water out. You've got to pull the the electrical cord out through a slot in the water container. It has two filters in it. There's like a foam spongy filter that you've got to clean. And you got to rinse out another filter. It's just it's just a mess. The there's a stainless steel tray and you know, it, stainless steel when it's wet ends up getting uh I don't know if it's calcium or mineral deposits on it. So you have to get out 
lime away or something like that and spray it and clean it and then rinse it real good and then wash it, you know, because you don't want the cats drinking anything like that. And it's just been a mess. Truly, it's just been one thing after another. But uh, I've been watching the news and paying attention to everything that's going on, and it just seems like things keep getting crazier and crazier, don't they? I don't think that's my imagination. Don't you agree? Things are kind of... <laughs> things are crazy right now. And it's pretty obvious to me at this point that there's some choices that we all have to make. And they are basically, we're going to have to choose between right or wrong, good or evil, truth over <laughs> alternative facts, and uh, persuasion over coercion. And it's the Republican Party that's putting us in that position. So I thought I would talk about that in this episode and kind of update everybody briefly on a lot of news items that have been going on the last week or so. If you're interested in hearing about that, stay tuned. Episode 202, Right or Wrong, Good or Evil. So what's been going on in politics the last week or so? Well, former President Donald Trump's trade advisor, a man by the name of Peter Navarro, was convicted of contempt of Congress because he failed to comply with a subpoena sent to him by the House Select Committee that was charged with investigating the January 6th, 2021 attack on the United States Capitol. And, you know, there's just not a lot to this particular court case. Because when Congress sends you a subpoena, you have to comply with it. Well, a lot of Republicans haven't, but legally, you're supposed to. And it's pretty clear cut. Did you receive a subpoena? from the United States Congress to appear before the House Select Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol, Mr. Navarro? Yes, I did. Did you show up for that subpoena? Did you appear? No, I did not. Okay, what is your defense? Were you... <laughs> Were you having emergency surgery that day? Did your big toe hurt? Anyway, he's uh, going to appeal this, but again, what is the appeal? He is required by law to show up, and he didn't show up. 
And if he wants to state that he is not able to answer any questions due to executive privilege, well, number one, I think he would have to prove that Donald Trump has exerted executive privilege in this case, which he has not, at least from my understanding, he has not. And even if that's the case, you still have to appear before Congress and you have to sit there and you have to answer every question and say, I cannot answer that due to executive privilege. But he didn't do that. This is the guy, he's just a smart aleck, really. He appeared on the MSNBC show, uh, Ari Melber. Uh, it's called The Beat with Ari Melber. And he was trying to explain all of this thing about, you know, all this stuff that was going on. And Ari Melber is an attorney and seems to be a pretty smart guy. And he said, do you realize what you're describing is a coup? said that right on TV. I saw it and, and I thought, well, sure, sounds like it to me. But of course, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about at all. So anyway, but uh, yeah, he's been, uh, he has uh, been convicted and he is now, Navarro is now the second former aide to former President Trump that has been prosecuted for his failure to cooperate with the January 6th committee. Now, you know, <laughs> if they haven't done anything wrong, if, if they haven't committed any crimes or anything, why are they being so uncooperative? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to me at all. And, you know, if you've been accused of something wrongly, or if you have had an election stolen from you, legitimately had an election stolen from you, and you have evidence to prove it, cough it up. Uh, you don't delay. You don't ask for more time. You just get it over with. Clear your name and get on with it, right? These people aren't doing that. They're not cooperating so much for conservatives and law and order. They are just like flagrantly flipping off law and order. So, uh, you know, um, Steve Bannon is another former Donald Trump aide who ha has been convicted last year. He was convicted last year on two contempt accounts. And he is currently out on appeal, which I think is completely wrong because uh, Steve Bannon is definitely a danger to the country and to the people. And he's out on appeal. It's ridiculous. So that's, uh, that's two so far. And there's a lot of stuff going on. People are beginning to flip on Trump. People are complaining that Trump is not helping them pay their legal bills. That should be a lesson to everyone going forward when it comes to Donald Trump. <laughs> Get the money up front. 
If he if he asks you to do something that's wrong and he says, oh, if you get caught, you know, I'll, I'll pay your legal bills and everything. Get the money up front. You can return it later if you don't get caught. Anyway, um, so anyway, yeah, Navarro's sentencing has been scheduled for January 12th, 2024. And um, Tim Mulvaney, who was a spokesperson for the uh, January 6th House Committee, said, uh, quote, His defiance of the committee was brazen. Like the other witnesses who attempted to stonewall the committee, he thought he was above the law. He isn't. That's a good thing for the rule of law. I imagine that those under indictment right now are getting a good reminder of that right now. End quote. That was a statement that was given to CNN by uh, Tim Mulvaney. So, yeah, so much for that, huh? <laughs> um, in another little uh, news item that has kind of popped up, an appeals court has now said that uh, the Biden administration more than likely violated the First Amendment um, when it uh, in dealing with the social media companies around the COVID-19 conspiracies. You've probably heard about all of that. And... Um, the uh, this lawsuit was brought by Republican attorneys general in I think a couple of different states, and they claimed that the Biden administration uh, censored unconstitutionally censored um, social media companies. Uh, these this has to do with disinformation regarding COVID nineteen and, and all of that. And um, these things have to be, these, these channels of communication have to remain open because the federal government has to have a way to disperse accurate information to the public. And, uh, you know, COVID-19 misinformation, you know, we had all of that stuff about Oh, wearing a mask doesn't help. Getting the vaccine is going to kill you or all of those stupid, crazy things that uh, were going on with the social media and the elections, all of that crazy stuff. So the administration, in a brief that was uh, presented to the court earlier this year, uh, said that, uh, quote, there is a categorical, well-settled well settled distinction between persuasion and coercion, end quote, which is, I think, is very true. And uh, so the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a very conservative kind of the court makes some questionable decisions, I think. Um, kind of tore up the previous decision, but they left in place part of an injunction on the, the Biden administration 
and that was uh, that barred the the officials of the Biden administration from what they called quote threatening, pressuring, or coercing social media companies in any manner to remove, delete, suppress, or reduce posted content of postings containing protected free speech, end quote. And then the appeals court went on to say, quote, but those terms could also capture otherwise legal speech. So the injunction's language must be further tailored to exclusively target illegal conduct and provide the officials with additional guidance or instruction on what behavior is prohibited. End quote. So we've got this this thing, this First Amendment, the right to free speech, which is a protected right, but it does not give you the right to say anything that you want to. You cannot uh, incite people, for instance, to break into the U.S. Capitol or uh, encourage people to kill someone else or harm someone else. And when you are telling people during a pandemic that's killed millions of people worldwide that uh, these vaccines, which have been researched by science, are bad for you, and that wearing a mask does not help to slow down the spread of a a disease that was deadly to many, and has created chronic health issues for many others. That is, you're, you're harming people. That's, that's, that's harmful. And I don't believe that that's covered under the First Amendment. And in this case, I think that the uh, Biden administration or whoever is entitled to say, hey, this is wrong. This ought to be removed. And, you know, we've got so many crazy people running around now that believe things that are just not true at all. (laughs) It's hard to deal with these people. You know, you've got them showing up in Dallas, Texas, for gosh sake, waiting for John F. Kennedy to come back. 100-plus-year-old John F. Kennedy, who's been assassinated and has been dead since 1963, is somehow miraculously going to return, or his son, JFK Jr. How do you deal with people like that? How, how do you tell them, uh, you guys are nuts? All of this stuff with draining cranial fluid from children in the basement of a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C., and the building doesn't even have a damn basement. Come on, give me a break, people. That's Looney Tunes stuff. That's lock you up and put you in a mental institution stuff. It's nuts. So anyway, um, I guess um, the appeals court did reverse a couple of of, uh, uh, the aspects of this former, this order that was pretty sweeping. And... um, One of the things that they did say is that uh, some of the pieces of the original order uh, risked blocking the federal government from engaging in legal conduct. So um, 
Anyway, the Fifth Circuit left the order, which has been temporarily blocked earlier this summer, uh, on pause for 10 days so that the case um, can be appealed to the Supreme Court if the Supreme Court wants to take it up. And, you know, who knows what they're going to, um, who knows what the Supreme Court is going to do with it. So, um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the Fifth Circuit Appeals Court is very conservative, and they did side with a lot of the arguments that were put forward by the attorneys general, and um, that included individuals uh, as well as Missouri and Louisiana attorneys general, and but they did also kind of narrowed the scope of this particular order. So we'll see. It's not a done deal yet, but um, we'll see what happens because. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, who the heck knows, right? Who the heck knows? In other news, uh, the weather continues to just... It's, it's hard to believe the things that are happening are currently happening. But uh, we've had an um, earthquake now in Morocco. Uh, last I heard, it was 6.8 on the Richter scale, allegedly or supposedly one of the worst earthquakes in that area in over a hundred years. And so far they've found over a thousand people have been killed in that earthquake. And yeah, it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. I was watching that, uh, watching news of that last night when I was cleaning the cat's um, water fountain. And I was just... It was unbelievable. And I had just finished watching videos that were taken in Hong Kong with all of the flooding from the rain there, which is just unbelievable that the water is up as high as it is in some of these buildings. Now we've got Hurricane Lee, which is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And... Nobody knows for sure where it's going to go, uh, probably somewhere along the East Coast, but I watched, uh, there's a guy on YouTube, by, and his channel is Ryan Hall, y'all, and he does weather, and he's pretty good. He's He explains things in a more, um, a less uh, technical manner than some of the meteorologists do. And he says that there's a couple of predictors that show that the Hurricane Lee, or the, at the time of the video anyway, that it could go out into the Gulf of Mexico, which would be a real danger because the waters are so warm. And these hurricanes, of course, get a lot of energy from warm waters. So it could yeah, it could be really, really, really bad. And of course, uh, Florida doesn't need any more problems because Florida is still trying to clean up from Ian a, a year ago. And because of the hate laws that have been passed by the Republicans and the um, fascist, racist Governor DeSantis, 
a lot of people that would be going to Florida right now to do these repairs and to help don't want to go to Florida because they don't feel safe. So, yeah, congratulations, Floridans, Floridians. You keep voting for these people, and then when you need help, guess what? There may not be as much help coming because of these laws that these people are passing. Do better. Do better, Florida. Really, do better. So, um, yeah, it's hard to believe. And, of course, we've just had the hottest summer ever on record, I think. I, I think since they've kept records, I think this past summer, this one we just <laughs> just have barely crawled out of, has been the hottest one on record. And, of course, Japan is dumping radioactive water from its nuclear power plant uh, that, uh, I guess, uh, <laughs> failed a few years back, and they're just dumping it out into the Pacific Ocean. Nothing to worry about. The water has been treated, they say. And we wonder why we're having earthquakes and stronger hurricanes and hotter summers and flooding all over the place. Thanks, Japan. That's that's part of the problem. I know that... Uh, Nuclear energy is supposed to be more earth-friendly than fossil fuels, burning fossil fuels to create electricity, but it's still not safe when there's something like this that's happened. What is it? The Fukushima nuclear power plant? I think that's what they called it. Not good. Not good at all. And... um so there's just a bunch of things going on all across the world with the weather, which is just getting crazier and crazier. Uh, Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff to the former president, Donald Trump, had filed a um, uh, an attempt to have his Georgia trial uh, his criminal case, moved to a federal court. And the judge smacked him down and said, no, that's not going to happen. Which is bad news for Trump and the rest of Trump's cohorts who were involved in this uh, sneaky deal to try to steal the election from the American people and from Joe Biden. The reason that they want to move their cases to federal court, I think, and many others feel this way as well, is because Georgia trials are televised live. And I don't think that Trump or any of these people affiliated with Trump want the public to be able to see what they've actually done because in a trial, they're going to have evidence, you know, the, you know, that thing that's lacking, uh, with all of these people that keeps telling you that the election was stolen in 2020, you know, like Donald Trump and Carrie Lake and all of these nutcases that insist that there's been some big conspiracy and they've got all this evidence. 
you know, the my pillow guy, we've got all this evidence, but we're not going to show it to you. Or it's out there, but the media just won't show it to you. Are you kidding me? Really? The corporate media in the United States is like a whore with a new box of condoms. If they've got news that is going to bring eyes to the TV sets, yeah, they're going to share it. Absolutely. They're not going to help somebody out by hiding something that would bring people to the TV. So, yeah, they don't want people to see the evidence that's going to come out in these trials. And, yes, Donald Trump is losing support. He is losing support. People are tired of this. People are sick of the constant fear and the constant terror and the constant hatred and the racism. And they want their own lives to get better. And what the Republicans are doing right now is absolutely nothing. Nothing. Go back and look at the things that the Republicans talked about they needed to get done when they were running, uh, asking for your vote in 2020. You know? <laughs> How many years have they had now to do something? And what have they done? Nothing. Have they done anything about uh, anything? No. Oh, they want to cut Social Security, you know, even though they said they that, that wasn't on the table. They weren't, you know, they wouldn't do that. Remember that? Well, it's, they're talking about it again. Why people continue to vote for them, I, I don't, I don't understand. The Republican Party is, is garbage. And they just need to drag it to the curb and let the refuse guys pick it up and take it and we don't want it recycled. We just want it burned and, and, and buried and salted and let a new party, hopefully, that is rational and logical and actually does what they're supposed to do according to the Constitution. <laughs> let them let them come back out of the ashes, I guess. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen until we find a way to get the money out of politics, though. So that's, those are the big stories in, in my opinion. But honestly, there have been so many other stories. Uh, there's been so many other things going on. It's, it's kind of like watching a tennis match. You know, your head just keeps going back and forth and back and forth, trying to keep up with the latest information that is coming across the, the, the television and, and on the internet and radio and podcasts, everybody's talking about this stuff. And it's kind of hard to believe that it's going on. So it's been over a year now since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, which was the decision from 1973 that allowed women in the United States of America to exercise their right to make their own personal and private health care choices. And in the case of an unexpected pregnancy, uh, unexpected perhaps uh, because there were things going on 
in their lives where a pregnancy was just not a good thing at that particular point in time. Maybe they couldn't financially afford to have a baby because that is a commitment for at least 18 years, and most parents will tell you longer than that. Or uh, perhaps there's a family history of problem pregnancies where precautions would need to be taken more than likely, maybe additional rest for the mother during pregnancy, and maybe they needed the income because she was working. Lots of reasons. Rape. You know, you sh <laughs> I can't imagine a violent act like rape where you force yourself on someone or someone forces themselves on you and you end up getting pregnant from it and you are expected to keep that child. Well, you can give it up for adoption, they would tell you. Well, yeah, you can, but still, it's nine months out of your life, and it changes you during that time. Anyway, in my opinion, that is a very private, very personal thing that should be only between a woman and her doctor, period. That's it. There's a husband involved, yeah. I think he should probably have a say in it unless there's a problem with the relationship. Ultimately, I think it's the woman. It's up to her. She's the one that has to lug that kid around for nine months. <laughs> anyway, Roe v. Wade guaranteed that women in this country had a right to make their own choices. Within reason, there were some limits. You couldn't after a period of time, after a certain number of weeks of pregnancy, unless there was a problem that developed, either with the mother, <clears throat> excuse me, or with the embryo, uh, abortions were not uh, uh, available. So it wasn't unrestricted. You know, you couldn't show up at an abortion clinic during the eighth month and tell them, oh, you know, I've changed my mind. <laughs> we want to go on vacation next month and I just can't be bothered with this. Would you go ahead and just uh, get rid of this thing for me, please? No, they didn't do that. And the Republicans, as ridiculous as it sounds, and it is ridiculous, will tell you that the Democrats want abortions right up to the time the baby's born, after it's born even. They, they, they say that. They do. They say that. It's ridiculous. Well, that isn't an abortion. That's murder. And it's not legal. And it never has been legal. It wasn't legal under Roe v. Wade either. There may be some exceptions. Something happens to the fetus uh, within the last day or two or <laughs> within the last few minutes. Or something happens to the mother where they have to take the baby out like right now and something happens. But it's a personal thing. 
But for years, we've heard the Republicans tell us that they're pro-life. Pro-life. To me, life is the entire period of time from, I view life as beginning when you come out of the womb and you are breathing on your own, the umbilical cord's been cut, you're surviving on your own, you're no longer sucking energy out of the mom, that's life. And it continues until you've taken your last breath, which who knows how long that's going to be, right? Nobody knows for certain. But the Republicans, when they tell you that they're pro-life, apparently all they mean by that is they're only pro-life during that first nine months or so while there's a baby in the womb or something in the womb developing. Because they're certainly not pro-life after the baby's born. And they never have been. They don't care about that kid having access to affordable health care or a good education or even having food to eat. Shelter, clothes, a loving family, they don't care. And they tell you that they don't care. They prove that by their voting record. They cut funding for food assistance, housing assistance. They're cutting public education money. You know, if you're not wealthy, you're not entitled to have a good education, apparently, according to Republicans. They want everybody to go to a private school, and they want taxpayers to pay for those private schools for those wealthy people that want to send their kids to private schools. And the rest of everybody else that, you know, if you're not born into a wealthy family, uh, apparently you're not worthy of having a good education. So you can just uh, work those low-wage, no-benefit, dead-end jobs your whole life because you're not privileged. You weren't born into the right family. Well, ever since Roe v. Wade was killed off by the rigged Supreme Court, thanks to the Republican Party who rigged the, <laughs> rigged the Supreme Court, um, the Republicans have noticed that they're beginning to kind of lose um, lose support in states, I guess, because uh, of their uh, um, pro-life stance. You might remember that Kansas attempted to uh, pass a a thing that would change the state constitution, and it was uh, on abortion, and it failed, failed in Kansas. Kansas is a very conservative state, but it failed. In fact, I think every state that has attempted to do anything at all in order to make abortion officially unavailable, it's failed. So uh, they're beginning to realize that these 
election losses that they have been suffering with um, are a problem. They're a big problem. So since June of 2022, there have been seven states that have had abortion on the ballot somehow. And it's failed. Uh, So when the Supreme Court decided uh, to overturn Roe v. Wade on June 24th, 2022, the Republicans were overjoyed. They were thrilled. They thought, oh, great. This This is awesome. But it's not turned out to be the boon to the party that they expected it to be. And in both red states and blue states, since all of this happened, abortion, um, the anti-abortion advocates have, have been on the losing end of the deal in every time. In a couple of instances, voters in states have approved state constitutional amendments that protect abortion rights. Other states where they have had measures that would have ended up weakening what protections were still available or explicitly um, prohibit abortion in the state constitution, they've, they've, they've lost. Kansas was the, no, the most notable one because that was they wanted to change the state constitution in Kansas to make abortion uh, a not protected uh, thing. And uh, in Ohio, uh, there was a ballot initiative, I guess is, is what it was called, that indirectly would have had an impact on abortion, even though it wasn't directly related to abortion. From reading it, the way it was put on the ballot, at least. Um, the the measure that was on the ballot was one that would have made it more difficult in the future for people to pass state constitutional amendments so they wanted to make it more difficult for citizens to put forth amendments to you know uh anything and um it didn't work it failed. So, um, yeah, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. And, um, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be difficult, but there've been things, uh, in, in, like I said, seven States, uh, it started off, um, in, uh, Kansas where they rejected a state, um, uh, it would have been a constitutional amendment that would have uh, said that there is no right to an abortion. That was in August of 2022. Uh, Vermont, in November of 2022, passed a state constitutional amendment that guaranteed a woman's right to an abortion. In uh, Montana, on November, uh, again, on November of 2022, November 8th, same as Vermont, um, the folks in Montana rejected a ballot measure that would have required medical workers uh, 
um, who would have faced the prospect of being criminally charged with a crime uh, to provide care in the rare instances when babies were born alive after an attempted abortion. So, yeah. Uh, in Michigan, also on November 8th of 2022, a state uh, constitutional amendment was passed that guaranteed the right to an abortion. In Kentucky, also on November 8th of 2022, the citizens rejected uh, an attempt to amend the state constitution that would have included language saying that it does not protect the right to an abortion. Kentucky. Red state. California, also November the 8th, 2022, they passed a state constitutional amendment that said women have the right to an abortion. And Ohio, uh, August 8th, 2023, uh, citizens rejected a measure that would have made it harder to pass an abortion rights constitutional amendment. So this is not, this is backfiring on the Republican Party. And so now the Republicans are going, okay, well, you know, hold on here now. Maybe we need to um, stop talking about it being pro-life because when they're questioned about it and asked why doesn't life continue into, you know, the grade school years or the uh, junior high years or <laughs> Why is it only limited to this nine months? It almost seems like you, you, there's there's no life after you're actually out of the womb, which is exactly the way it seems to be. And um, so uh, apparently um, now uh, polling uh, in within the Republican Party, specifically in the senatorial uh, committee of the Republican Party, uh, polling has showed that pro-life, which is the term that has most recently been identified with the anti-abortion movement, is no longer working with voters because lots of uh, states that the GOP controls have written horrendous restrictions into law. Some of them uh, doesn't matter if you were raped. Some of them it doesn't matter if there was incest involved. Some of them it doesn't matter if the woman's life, the mother's life, is endangered by being pregnant. No abortion, period. <laughs> so like my friend who was gang raped many years ago by at least three men, possibly more, and ended up getting pregnant, yeah, the state that she lived in at the time, she would have to have had that baby. And she would have never done that. She would have committed suicide first. It's cruel. It's cruel. It's barbaric. The, the Republicans have become very cruel. They have become very, very cruel. Uh, I don't think that life is, is precious to them at all. Ask the people who have been hurt by the razor wire in the Rio Grande that uh, Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott uh, put in, in, in the Rio Grande to keep uh, these illegals, as they call them, 
from uh, crossing into the United States. That's really Christian, isn't it? Isn't that something that Jesus did in the Bible? Didn't he put razor wire up to keep people away from uh, away from him? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I read about that. <sighs> yeah. Texas, do better. Florida, do better. Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama, do better. Good grief. Um, so anyway, yeah, they've um, determined that this is not a good thing now. So they're going to have to find a way to um, uh, be more specific when they talk about abortion. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they want, you know, they want pro-baby pro baby policies. Um, but everything that they do says that they're not pro-baby because they don't want the kid to have um, access to, to care while it's in the womb. The mom needs to have specific care. Uh, they don't want any taxpayer dollars paying for that. What about the child uh, care tax credit that made sure a lot of kids in the United States no longer lived in poverty? Well, the Republicans wouldn't allow that to, to wouldn't allow that to continue. So, how can you be pro-life when you are so hateful toward children? In Arkansas, Governor Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee has changed the state laws allowing 14-year-olds to do more dangerous jobs. Yeah, go work in that rendering plant. Scrape the guts up off the floor. Mop that blood up, kids. And, you know, get it done before 9 o'clock. You got to go home and do your homework for, before school starts tomorrow. Is that pro-life? Is that pro-child, pro-baby? No, it's not. So anyway, yeah, uh, the GOP has been obsessed with banning abortion nationwide. And so now the powers that be within the Republican Party are kind of coming out saying, you know, we, we no national bans on abortion. It's got to be a state thing. Of course, Nobody bothered to tell all of the Republican candidates who are now running for president that that was the official party um, position <laughs> because some of them, I think, want to do a national ban. So the bottom line is the Republican Party is losing the messaging on all of this because by their very actions, people can see that the Republicans are no longer pro-woman and pro-life. When you are passing legislation that says, we don't care if you were raped, or we don't care if your life is in danger, we don't care that you're bleeding, you have you go out and sit in the car in your car in the parking lot at the hospital don't leave because you're you could go into a critical condition very quickly and we don't want to have to bring you back to the hospital but stay in the parking lot in your car while you're bleeding 
And if it gets to the point where you like you lose consciousness, you pass out or you stop breathing or something like that, then your husband can, you know, wheel you back into the emergency room and then maybe we can do something to help you. Yeah, that's how bad it is, people. It's ridiculous. And if you're supporting Republicans, that's okay with you. Your vote says, I'm cool with this. Stop voting for these mean, hateful, evil, demonic people. It's just, it's, it's pretty, it's really incredible. Um, abortion was definitely a core issue during the 2022 midterms when all the Republicans said there's going to be a big old red wave, and there wasn't. And many people believe that the Republicans uh, supporting the overturning of Roe v. Wade and taking women's health care rights away from them all of these years had a lot to do with their failure to gain more seats and more control than they, than they did. So... Um, Anyway, but uh, recent polling has shown that the majority of the American people, over 60%, disapprove of the Supreme Court's uh, five to four Dobbs decision. And uh, that decision left the legality and the conditions and the terms of abortion up to individual states. And now we've got Republican governors in some of these states telling women and the people who help women if they leave the state and go elsewhere to have an abortion you could be charged with a crime and so could the people who help you if, if somebody drives you to another state or pays for airfare for you to go to another state where you can legally have an abortion uh that's a crime yeah it's a crime So we've got a lot of Republican uh, states in this country right now where uh, women basically um, <laughs> are sitting in the parking lot of the hospital bleeding, literally bleeding, or they go home and uh, they're told if you continue to bleed for another couple of days nonstop, maybe you probably ought to come back. Yeah, women who are literally begging for medical care can't get it. And I don't think the American people are going to approve of that at all. I think American people are better than that. The majority are. And I think voters are going to remember this when they go to the polls. And they're going to understand that Democrats are trying to restore reproductive uh, freedom for women. And that Republicans, on the other hand, are determined to put in... In, in place a national abortion ban, even though they're going to tell you that they, you know, no, 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 it's not our policy. Well, they weren't going to go after social security either. Right. But, but they keep, but that keeps uh, coming back to the table with the Republicans. When are the Republicans going to start working for we, the people, because we, the people, the majority don't want abortion laws that make women suffer. And there's other things that could be done to reduce unwanted pregnancies that the Republicans won't support. Sex education and uh, birth control stuff, you know? Let people know what their options are, but they don't want to talk about that. 
anyway, uh, 2024 is going to be an important year. And uh, we're going to have to make sure that Republicans don't get a chance to implement the agenda that they want to, which is going to give the executive, uh, if it's a Republican at least, immense power. It'll remove the checks and balances of the government that we have right now where one branch of government has oversight and can check, uh, you know, the other branches. Uh, Civil service jobs, people who've had government jobs through many administrations, both Democratic, uh, both Democrats and Republicans, um, they want to get rid of those jobs and put in a bunch of yes people who will tell the president, yes, I'll do whatever you want me to do even if it's wrong, even if it's unconstitutional. So definitely have to get the word out, folks. This is my pitiful attempt (laughs) to help spread the word. Uh, And everybody has a role to play in, in this. And with that, I think I'm going to say, see ya. I am planning to record... Another episode of Federal Andy scheduled for tomorrow. Unless, who knows. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I can do podcasts every day uh, for the next week or so. We'll see. Okay, cross your fingers. <laughs> and as always, I appreciate your time very much. I hope you have a great Saturday afternoon and evening, unless you have other plans. And I will be talking to you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week.